I've realized how important routines are and um, consistency. Um, and another thing is that I've realized that I don't have to be in a hurry. And that took a long time. Thank you for listening to the Better Than Yesterday podcast hosted by Star Strength and Conditioning. We believe that by creating positive habits in sleep, mindset, nutrition, relationships, movement, mobility, and training, you have the ability to become better than yesterday. Hello, everyone. Paul here from Stark, and I am doing a podcast today with Evelyn Strampler, one of our amazing members. She's been around for almost four years now. She's been through a lot as a member. It's been cool seeing her progress as a person and as an athlete over the years, She's always striving to become better and always pushing herself. Um, She's battled breast cancer and survived, so she's just got an amazing outlook, and she's just such a great person to have around. I think one of the most awesome parts about Evelyn's story is that a month, month and a half into CrossFit, she was ready to quit, but she didn't. She stuck with it, and uh, the amount of benefit it's helped her with uh, strength confidence-wise and just through life for the past four years has been awesome. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode, and hopefully some of what Evelyn talks about is going to help you to become a little bit better than yesterday. For the, what was that? Um, For Techapalooza? He does music it. stuff all the time. Okay. And uh, yeah, no, I know I've been in studios before, so I, okay. this is okay. Except usually there's a stand, right? Yeah. So that's okay. We're really low budget I talk with here. my hand, so yeah. if <laughs> I... <laughs> don't, don't hit me with the mic or anything like that. Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, we're really low budget here, so you have to hold your own microphone, unfortunately. Sorry. <sighs> Good thing I work out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... I've been recording for a bit, so we're just going to keep going already. But oh, okay. Yeah. So, hey, everyone. Paul here from Stark Strength and Conditioning, and I'm here with Evelyn Strempler, one of our awesome members here. So I already did a bit of a brief uh, intro that you're not going to hear until you actually listen to the podcast, Evelyn, but uh, you've been around for almost like four years now, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about you know athletic history growing up and stuff like that, and uh, get into a whole bunch of stuff today. But first of all, just wanted to get you to introduce yourself to everyone. Um, well, what would you want to know? Uh, I am 54. She doesn't look like it and she doesn't act like it. Uh, I have been here, like you said, for four years. I was not a particularly athletic person. So, so growing up, what did you, what did you do growing up? Um, well, um, my brother was kind of the athletic one and I was kind of the, I don't know, academic one, I guess. Okay. It's funny how you fall into the stereotypes. Um, But my dad, um, my mom was playful, but my dad actually liked health. He liked to be healthy. So he taught us to skate. And when we were little, we went, uh, did um, speed skating at Sergeant Park. Oh, awesome. Um, I was the one who kind of encouraged the last person. Yeah. (laughs) And we took swimming lessons and I was in level one for about four years because I wouldn't put my face in the water. Me too. Hey, lots in common, you and I. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he used to take us biking. We'd go biking around the neighborhood um, and we always would go through, you know, in Wolseley, there's that um, Omens Creek. Yep. Yeah. Uh, And so we would, he would always take us 
we lived near there and we'd kind of go down the hill and you had to go through the water. Yeah. And I was terrified of the water and I would just like stop or like try to go really slow and fall over in the water like every time. It's a big memory. You would try to fall over in the water? No, I would oh. like try to go through, but I was afraid to go fast. Oh, okay. And then I would so go then you too would slow and then yeah. I would fall over. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was pretty uh, exemplary. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a child, as far as athletics go. So did you do speed skating competitively or did you just like go and do it recreationally? No, we were kids. I mean, we, we went in the, they had, you know, different competitions, you know, whatever at the club. But okay. I was never, my brother was on the Manitoba team for a little bit. Okay. Um, when he got older, when he was a young adult, but I n- never did. No. No. It's, it's. Different, like skating with the the longer skates and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, I went and tried it a few times, and uh, it was, yeah, it was different. I wasn't a huge fan of like skating outside in minus thirty something. But well, this is part of my thing. I'm yeah. just not about cold weather. Yeah, <laughs> and going around in circles is not my best thing either. So yeah, it's like NASCAR but on skates. Yeah, uh, it of. takes a little more effort than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> NASCAR. <Yeah>. Definitely. <laughs> So then growing up, did you, whether it was through high school or anything like that, did you play sports on any teams or anything like that? Mm, in middle school, I did a little bit. I played um, where I grew up in West St. Paul, right close to here. Cool. Um, in fact, you could kind of see us oh, yeah. across the field there. I nice. went to West St. Paul school. Um, and, but uh, in those days, um, the spring sport was softball. Okay. So I played softball, not particularly well, but I played it for a number of years. And um, then uh, I think it was grade eight, I played volleyball, one year only. Okay. (laughs) Grade nine, I played basketball, one year only. Yeah. And that's um, it. You tried it and it just didn't click. Uh, I was really not confident. No. And really not fit. So it's not a comp not a combination that really, I don't know, gets you moving in that direction. So did you find a lot of support from coaches back then or like other players or was it just kind of, you felt pretty alone doing it? Um, I, I was never in the athletic crowd um, and it was just at the school, right? So you kind of had the athletes and then the kind of hangers on, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) which I guess I was one. I wanted to try. I think I've always kind of I was uh, always kind of interested in those things, but really, I'm, I was very anxious person yeah. growing up and very, I had a thing about sweating and people seeing you or being tired and people seeing you like <laughs> panting and stuff. <laughs> Coming to the gym the first few times, like, you, you yeah, grew out of that apparently. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. So, and family life. Well, uh, I've been married for 32 years. I have three children, 22, 24, and 26. You're being tested now, yeah. (laughs) Well, she'll be 27 in the fall. Cool. All right. So 32 years of marriage. That's great. Yeah. That's a a challenge for a lot of people now. So very good. Um, Throughout, I guess, with your kids growing up and stuff, did you guys provide like an active aging process for them? Like as they're growing up, were you getting them to do activities? Did they want to do it? Um, we tried. Uh, they all took swimming lessons for a period of time. Yeah. Um, 
level one for four years? <laughs> no, I don't no. think anyone was as bad as I no. was. Okay. Uh, uh, so there was that. Um, my uh, my middle guy is probably the most athletic. He's the one who wanted to play more sports. Okay. The youngest wanted to play soccer for a while. Didn't really last past like grade two or something. <laughs> okay. But uh, Aaron, my middle guy, played um, basketball at Miles Mac. Okay. And uh, he is an assistant coach there. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, and obviously enjoys it if he's still doing it. Yep. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And uh, d- did you do a lot with the kids growing up, like activity-wise? Well, we tried. We did a lot of camping and hiking and those kind of things. We did biking. Yeah. Um, you know, we took them skating. That was kind of a family thing because my dad would come skating with us or whatever. Okay. Um, not everybody liked anything competitive, so we didn't do a lot of competitive things, more just participation things. Yeah. Um, That's stuff they'll remember, though, like when you're going camping and heading out on hikes and stuff like that. Like, I always remember stuff like that with my parents more so than them coming and sitting on the sidelines of me playing soccer or whatever. Oh, for sure. Like, they all went through a phase where they were like, didn't want to go camping, especially since we, for us, camping means you go where there's no internet. Yeah. Or, you know, services. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's pit toilets. That's big luxury. But yeah. Um, and so they all kind of went through a stage where they were like sulky and, yeah. you know, like they didn't want to go. And one summer in particular, I remember they stayed in the camper as much as they possibly could. Was that mid teens? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then uh, after, uh, uh, I guess they were all young adults then. My daughter was married already. Mm-hmm. And we all went on a camping trip together because they wanted to, and they were they wanted to do everything. And we had to go on the all day hikes, and we had to go like river rafting, and yeah. we had to do all this stuff. And it was fabulous, and they loved it. How long ago was that? Oh, when was that? Um, four, five years ago. Okay, five years ago. That's cool. Yeah. I'm just gonna turn this off so it doesn't ding on us. That's okay. Sorry. No, no, that's all right. That's, um, yeah, definitely remember all the, like, going, we'd go to Clear Lake every year with my parents growing up from when we were, like, in kindergarten till, I don't know how old. But, yeah, in the in the mid-teens, I was kind of, like, working at Safeway, and I would have rather gone to work or whatever than gone out to Clear Lake and stuff like that. And then as I got older, and then, like, Lori and I were dating and stuff, and we'd go out to Riding Mountain to do the the triathlon out there, and sometimes we would just, you know, get a get a room at Elkhorn, or we'd stay with my parents or whatever, and it's like, you know, you kind of gravitate going back that way, and, and that's something that I really enjoy doing, because, like, you never know how, you know, how many more vacations you have with people and stuff, and um, I, I remember talking to some some of our younger members here who are complaining about going on vacation with their parents. I'm like, hey, like, enjoy it. It's like a free ride and like you get to spend time with them and who knows, like, you know, maybe next year it's not an option or whatever for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool to be able to to partake in those things and, and create those memories and stuff that'll last a lifetime. Oh, for sure. And we still, like my daughter lives in Banff, so every time we go out there, we have to go hiking oh, or we have to... Beautiful. It's, it's great. It's a great place to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're definitely fit and active enough to be able to take part in all that stuff. So when uh, when did things change when you started to, uh, I guess, get more active as as you're getting older? Like you... So 
four years ago, you ended up starting here, but you were also playing tennis at the time? Or how did that start? Mm, okay, we, we have to back up a little bit from okay. there. <laughs> um, I guess when um, I was really inactive for probably all my 30s. <laughs> um, and in my 40s, I think, I think I was in my 40s. Uh, I can't remember the timeline. Anyway, somewhere okay. in there, my mom started going to Curves. Okay. And so I would go to Curves with her. You remember Curves? Where you yeah, go yeah. To little stations or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was great. Like, that was way more active than I had ever been. Okay. And so by the time I hit my 40th birthday, I could tell a difference. Like, I, even though I don't think I ever worked so hard that I couldn't chat. Yeah. <laughs> It was still a lot more than I was doing, and it made a right. big difference. And it made a big difference, I noticed, with my mental health. Right. Um, which is a kind of a big deal. But then things kind of slid down. My mom um, started to be more immobile and wasn't able to do it anymore, so then I stopped going as well. Okay. And uh, then in my, hmm, I guess somewhere in my middle 40s, I started back at university. So I started uh, going to school, and I had a friend. We would go to the Y together um, once a week, twice a week. But again, it was like, okay, we'd chat on the elliptical for 15 minutes yeah. and kind of play with some of the machines and stuff. And, and that was kind of as much as, as we were doing. So again, it's more than doing nothing. For sure. Um, but I was afraid, as I say, like going way back, I was afraid to get sweaty. Yeah. As soon as any, as I started to feel any muscles, I was afraid I was going to hurt myself. <laughs> okay. So, but all, I, I don't know, through, through this time, I had um, been talking to my chiropractor mm -hmm. about um, my health. And I knew that you have to, you know, like chronic problems, they're not going to get better if you don't actually build the muscle to keep things in place or, or whatever. Like it makes a difference. Right. And so he was, he was talking to me for a few years before I came here already about kettlebells and about different, different things, like even just doing air squats. And I was like, air squats are hard, man. <laughs> I remember he had me do like yeah, 10 do of them in the, in the office there with him. And I was yeah. like gasping for breath. And it was like really embarrassing. I remember this is how unfit I was. At one point, I went to my doctor when I first started at Curves and I said, I'm having this problem because, you know, anytime I do anything, my heart rate goes through the roof. It goes like over 180 and I'm barely doing anything. So he sent me for a stress test, which was really embarrassing. You're and then I went back really to the doctor unfit. and that's exactly what he said to me. It was so embarrassing. But anyway, I lived, yeah. um, <laughs> thankfully. And then uh, when, when I got close to 50, I had finished university and then I stopped, like I started working full time and I was... What did you go to university for? I got a math degree. Okay. I was going to be a teacher. All right. Um, I wanted to be a teacher. I had, um, I thought, I went back to school and uh, I had done a year of university when I was like 19 or 20 or something like that. Okay. And barely scraped through. Okay. <laughs> but oh, I failed one course. Okay. It was uh, the first year calculus. Okay. Because it was at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I didn't do 8 o'clock in the morning at that point. <laughs> anyway, so it was like there on my transcript. But anyway, so then all these years later, I was like, okay, it really bugs me that I never actually finished my education. And I never 
like I had taken some accounting courses and I worked in accounting before I had kids. But um, I wanted to go back and I wanted to be a teacher, but I didn't know what I wanted to take. But I knew that this, I had to take the math to, to you know, because then you get the new mark instead of your old mark on your transcript. Right. So I went in, uh, my kids were still in high school and I took um, grade 11 and 12 pre-cal in night school um, because it had been a few years. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I loved it. Yeah. It was great. You know what it was? You know, you have kids, and when they're in, in high school like that, you really aren't sure you, of any of the answers. There are so many things you can't be sure of. But when you take math, you can know if it's right or wrong. Right. And it was so rewarding to actually have this affirmation that I had something right. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, so I took those, and I actually did really well, and I loved it. And I worked in accounting anyway, so it's not like I didn't know about math. And so I thought, well, you have to pick a major. Why not math? And so I took math. Okay. So I got a math degree. And then that, so then you didn't go on to teaching then? Well, I was you? accepted into the program. Okay. But um, like I finished uh, my courses in December and I had to do something between January and the next fall. Yeah. Um, I needed to earn some money. Um, and I was offered the job I have. <laughs> okay. And so I started there actually on a term position that turned into a permanent position. Okay. So I'm a business manager. Okay. And you've been doing that now for how long? I've been doing that since 2014. Okay. I'm like doing the math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so two years before yeah. I started here. Yeah. Um, and so working full time, then I was less active again. And okay. sitting at a desk all the time and yep. all of that kind of stuff. And so um, by the time I turned 50, like 50 is this milestone, right? Yeah. And so I turned 50 in March and I was like, okay, this is not good. I was like strategically enticing my young adult boys to come to the grocery store with me so I wouldn't have to lift the heavy stuff in and out of the cart. Yeah. And I thought, this is so bad. Like, I looked at my parents who were becoming more immobile and I thought, you are not far behind them and you have to do something. Okay. So what was the push that got you to start? You said your, your chiropractor, was that Dr. Spears? Yeah. Yeah, so he, so he was kind of like pushing you to start moving, got you doing some air squats, which wrecked you, just 10 of them. And then he was talking about kettlebells and stuff. So what, what happened next? Oh, I had a friend who is a similar age, and she really wanted to try tennis. And I'd never played tennis. I'd never played any kind of racket sport. I'd never played much of any kind of sport. Right. Um, so we took some lessons together that summer. It takes a while to learn how to play tennis. It's not an easy sport to learn, but oh. it's sure fun. Yeah. Um, and so that got me moving a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, I sucked so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> but I really, really liked it. I could tell that it was a thing that I could maybe, um, I don't know, get better at. Right. So, um, but uh, the... By fall, I mean, you can't play in the winter. I didn't have, like, any kind of membership that would do that. Um, so my few lessons or whatever didn't get me very far. But it had got me moving, and I didn't want to totally... I knew I needed more fitness if I wanted to try and play um, tennis. So I talked to Rob yeah. and, uh, and said, look, I have to do something. And then I really... Like, we really had a conversation about it. And I said, I am afraid to do things because I'm so afraid of hurting myself. 
and I'm really unfit and I have no idea what I'm doing. And he actually pointed me to you. He's like, try CrossFit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and no. he said, and this CrossFit. Yeah. Okay. So you ended up, you ended up coming in and doing base camp, right? I was terrified. I don't know no. if you remember. I, I do. I remember us talking about this. So yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell listeners about it. Tell what? Why, why were you so terrified? Well, because I, again, like I was so unfit and I knew I was unfit and I still had this thing about sweating, um, like, and being seen to sweat, like, (laughs) and about, you know, I was going to be smelly, like this wasn't going to be good. And I had no idea what I was doing. So I had no confidence whatsoever. And I was a very, I don't know, I was pretty shy person. So I don't know. For me to come in the first time was, I don't know, I, I missed the first base camp. So we did a one-on-one in the daytime. I had to come. So I had to, you know, go to my boss and say, okay, I'm going to try this. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually I've let me come. I've got a note, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I don't know, I came in and I, I thought, okay, you know, you started going through the things. And I thought, okay, this is not as bad as I thought. And then it was only the warm-up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> but anyways, I lived to tell the tale. <laughs> so so how did how did it go, like, with the base camp when you were able to jump in with the, the rest of the group and stuff? Were you, did you feel like you were... I don't know, not being singled out or that you were able to blend in a little bit more with the group or did you feel like it was more challenging or more stressful just because there's more people around and are you comparing yourself to others? I think, like, mine was one of the smaller base camps, the one that Irene and I were in. Um, There was only maybe half a dozen of us and uh, I liked that you weren't only looking at me, <laughs> honestly. You're able to blend in a little. Yeah, but um, on the other hand, I really needed the feedback on the way I was moving or the, you know, like um, even just uh, so that I wouldn't slack off or cheat. <laughs> you wouldn't do that anyways, right? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know. Um, big time guilt. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, in those days, like when I started, I couldn't do a push-up on the ground. I was using a box. I couldn't do, um, like I remember thinking the 15-pound kettlebell was pretty heavy. Yeah. I was like, how many of these do we have to do? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, uh, it was intimidating. And I'd never used any kind of a weight before for anything. Right. So there was a lot to learn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a pretty steep learning curve when you're learning all that stuff with the barbell and kettlebells and dumbbells and body movement. Like it's, uh, it is a lot to take in. And I was just having a conversation with somebody, um, the other day, he, uh, actually I was selling something on Kijiji and then he's like, Hey, you own that gym on, uh, on the perimeter. And I said, yeah. And, uh, we were talking for a bit and he said that he had tried CrossFit and he was like, it was, it was intimidating. And he's like, uh, you know, he wanted to do something that was a little, less technically demanding and uh he he came to some classes and uh found that it was it was pretty challenging it was uh what was it one of our one of our old coaches anthony was running some classes um it wasn't 
I guess it was sort of CrossFit, but not really. It was kind of like a prep. I think he called it Kickstart or something like that. And then, um, but the guy found it like a little technical and, and just kind of like, you know, worried him a little bit. He's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this sort of thing. So I know some people do still get like that. And no matter how much, you know, we try to, we try to, you know, give you as much info as you can and show you demo videos of what you're going to learn and stuff like that. It's, it's tough. And whenever I, I, whenever I ask people like, what can we do to make you more, you know, comfortable with it and stuff, it's just like, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> like, I just got to jump in and do it. Well, it's true. And I mean, it is intimidating, especially when you know, you don't know anything yeah. and everybody else seems so together and whatever. But I remember that first time coming in the middle of the day for my one-on-one. And I, I think I've told you before about the billboard you had up at the time. Yeah. That says nothing changes if nothing changes. And I knew yeah. something had to change. I yeah. totally didn't want to be the helpless 60-year-old. Yeah. You know, like I, I knew I had to do something. Yeah. And it got me through the door the first day. And then through base camp, I was so sore. <laughs> like I had so much support. Like really, my family and my workplace... They had so much grace for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was because I was like moving really slowly. Yeah. And I was so tired. I almost fell asleep on the way driving home um, from the base camp sessions. And really? I, I barely made it through the days. I had to nap when I got home. Really? I, it was bad. Like, I, I was, <laughs> well, I'm still here. Yeah. A, a body at rest likes to stay at rest. And oh. that's, uh, it's, it's tough. Like, when people are going from being very sedentary to, asking something of their body, their body kind of gives them the middle finger and it's just like, mm. yeah, it, it doesn't like it. But, you know, when you teach it movement as a new norm, things get better. Things get easier. Well, but I almost quit before. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know. Like it, it came to the point where. That was only a month in too, wasn't it? Like you were a month. So you finished base camp, you were coming. And I remember this conversation. I don't, I can't remember if we talked about it or if it was email, but you had said, like within that first month you were ready to quit because you'd come in, you'd look at the whiteboard and you'd be like, I still don't know what any of this stuff is. And it freaked you out. Well, and I was just so tired. Like, yeah. and I, I didn't, I couldn't tell that anything was changing it. And, uh, I was trying to come cause, um, we, we did the base camp and then you had kind of an unlimited included with it for, I can't remember if it was a month or, Two months, or I can't remember. Okay. But anyways, so I was trying to come. Yeah. Um, like the base camp was every other day right. for a number of weeks. And then, um, yeah, now I was trying to come. And I remember the first week um, that I came, I came on a Saturday for the first time, and we had to push that thing around the parking lot. Oh, the prowler, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I was going to die. I had to go to a wedding later, and yeah. I could barely walk. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a group warm-up where we like pushed the prowler it was probably like a kilometer but you basically peel off you just push it as far as you want to or can and then the next person would jump on and you just oh i i no i think we had to push it there and back oh was it okay yeah it was part of the workout okay and so we had to take turns pushing this thing there and back yeah but anyway um yeah so i kind of got to the point where i was so sore like I just, all I was was sore all the time <laughs> and tired all the time. And I came home and I cried this day. And my husband said, I don't care if we've paid for it. You don't have to do this. 
And I mean, because for me, we, we had paid for it. So you have to, you know, you have to make it worth your while or whatever. And, and then I went on and I saw you posted like a throwback thing to that, that, um, you're walking for the first time, uh, between parallel bars. Uh, After after my motocross accident. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness, like either you have to stick with it and go somewhere or like, or you're just not going to get anywhere. You're just going to slide down the hill and that's going to be it. And that's your future. So I thought if you can do it and obviously did, then I had to make a choice. And that was when I decided, okay, I'm going to do this. But it was a long journey because <laughs> yeah. I only had, um, after that, I only had a two days a week membership for the first two years, I think. Yeah. Last year, I think I went to three days a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's jumping in, doing something a couple days a week. It'll, you'll see some progress from it for sure. But well, I definitely did. But the more you, the more you do, like, cause you were playing tennis outside of it too and stuff like that. So you were still getting benefit from In the summer. In right. the summer I was. So you're still going to get some benefit from that. So usually I tell people you want to be doing something minimum like four times a week to be able to, to get something from it. Um, and see progress. And if you're only doing something a couple of times a week, it takes a little bit longer to see some of that progress. But what, what kept you going after that? So you had that conversation with yourself. I know your, your husband said you could quit if you wanted to, and it, it would have been super easy for you to do that at that point, right? Like you had the support to not go back and do it. Um, was it just you telling yourself, you know, every day that you were going to the gym, like, you know, get your butt in there sort of thing. And then how long did it take before things started feeling better? And you were like, Hey, like, this is, this is good. It actually surprisingly wasn't like there was kind of this tipping point and it wasn't actually that long after that I realized I could do something that I hadn't been able to do before. And I don't even remember what it was. It might have been like a full push-up on the ground or something. Okay. Or an inchworm push-up. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Like that, that really felt... And, and where I started to realize... I think that what you don't realize when you're really unfit and you start is that recovery isn't always like that. Like that once you start to gain some fitness and stuff... You aren't totally wrecked until the next time. Like, you recover faster, right? Yeah. Like, and that changes, and that really makes a big difference in, in, um, in your everyday. <laughs> Enjoyment. <laughs> well, yeah. for sure. But also, like, I think uh, it wasn't that long after that that it started to feel like a routine, okay. which up till then it hadn't been. Um, but I knew that if it wasn't a routine, there was no way I was going to do it, which is why I always came at six in the morning. Yeah. Morning was always a better time for me anyways. Um, but yeah, once it, once it started to feel like a routine and once I started to know kind of what some of the words meant <laughs> and once I was started to feel comfortable with some of the people that changes a lot of things. And oh, when yeah. you start to look forward to seeing, you know, your people, even yeah. though they kind of shift over time or whatever, but yeah. The community is a big factor. It yeah. really does help that, you know, the people who, that you encourage one another and that it takes a while before you realize your fitness level doesn't really matter, that yeah. you can work out together and it doesn't really, like nobody, 
nobody's looking at you and going, oh man, not this person again. They can't even do a push up. Yeah. They're going, this person's going to get it, right? Like, I yeah. don't know. I really get excited when I see new people now because I remember. Yeah. And I think, you know, like that's, that's how you empower, get empowered is by actually breaking some of the barriers and going for it. Otherwise you don't make progress. So did you feel pretty open to, you know, being a part of a community when you started? And I know not a lot of people think or feel that way. Like when, and I know you didn't come from like a, a typical gym background, but a lot of times you go to a gym, you go in, you have your headphones on, you go on the elliptical, you do a few machines and you walk out sort of thing. And, and there's not a whole lot of community aspect to that. Or you may not even talk to someone the whole hour that you're at the gym. But here, did you, did it feel strange that you were like coming to class and like talking to people and feeding off of, you know, what everyone's doing? And then like a cool byproduct of that is that you get fitter and now you're not putting all that major focus on, you know, doing that push up or doing a pull up or whatever. Well, I think, I don't know. I'm, I don't know that I thought about it particularly. I, I really, it does help just to be familiar with the people you're there with and to feel comfortable. Like it's, I don't know, like when you go and visit a gym you've never been to before, which I did last year for the first time, um, that's intimidating. There's something about familiarity that really does help. And having people that you're used to is the same thing, right? But um, I really liked having feedback. And I really liked, you know, when you would go back and forth with someone like, taking turns on back squats or whatever, right? Like those kinds of things. Um, you talk about things and you learn about things because you can ask questions in sort of this, in that setting that's sort of different than just being coached. But the feedback was a big thing for me because um, I just didn't have any confidence at all. Well, that's definitely changed. I know like even from the past year or two, um, whether it was in classes or even doing some one-on-ones and stuff like that. Like, um, I, at the old gym, I remember asking you like, how does that feel? And you'd be like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know how to talk about it. I didn't even know what to, I didn't know how to phrase it. I didn't have any words. Be like, you should be feeling this here. Where are you feeling it? I don't know. It (laughs) all hurts. Like everything hurts. Um, I guess going going back to some of the, like, you know, your body being sore and stuff like that, do you remember approximately how long it took before you were actually, like, going and doing a workout and not needing a nap after or not um, being sore for days? Well, like, the, that sort of that I might quit now mm-hmm. point was, like, a month after base camp. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was, like, around a couple weeks later that I started to notice differences. And then it was probably, you know, a couple of weeks after that where I started to realize that I wasn't as tired. Okay. And where, and then beyond that, you start to notice that you actually have more energy, not less. And that you have, I don't know, it has mental health effects. Like you just have more confidence, you feel more alert, you, I don't know, like it's empowering. So it takes a while, but yeah. and it takes a while to put the pieces together and realize that's a big part of, I don't know, maybe some people are quicker on the uptake, but <laughs> for me, it took a while. Yeah. 
It depends too on sleep, like how much sleep you're getting. If you're someone who's getting four or five hours of sleep a night and then like, you know, you've got long days and you're trying to get in workouts and stuff like that, it's going to take you longer to recover if someone's not eating enough or if they're not eating well or if they're not staying hydrated enough. There's there's a lot of different reasons why you, why you could be sore for longer periods of time. But for someone who's maybe like, once again, just getting off the couch and not sort of active or has never been, then it you'll probably be sore for a longer period of time. And that could be like a month and a half after. And you don't want to push yourself to that point and beat yourself up. It's just even if you're, even if you are sore, you just try to, you know, keep moving through it. And it doesn't have to be hard, heavy or fast or whatever, but just like keep moving and, and you won't be sore for as long. Another thing I remember about the early days is that I felt like it was a failure if you had to break up a set. I felt like, and which, no, I mean, like, that's the thing, like, but yeah. in my mind, I was like, yeah. oh, I can't even do 10 wall balls, like, what am I, but where that isn't the point at all, and it no. took me a while to figure that out, but I don't know, like I said, I'm not very quick on the uptake, I was paranoid yeah. about a lot of things, Yeah. but, uh, yeah, I remember that, <laughs> do you, but yeah, you were, you were more self-conscious with the, with the movements and stuff, and I know you wanted to be doing them correctly and stuff like that and it's just you weren't I don't think feeling them as well as you do now Mm -hmm. so now you've definitely gotten a lot better for body awareness and like you know just asking you to do something or whatever like you can change it right away versus then you know if you're not active all your life it's that mind body connection isn't always there for people so as you get you know better coordinated and stronger and fitter and then you got like the right muscles firing it makes a huge difference Oh, for sure. I mean, like, that's it. When you're, you start where I did, you have no idea what's a good kind of hurt and a bad kind yeah. of hurt. It all just hurts. Yeah. <laughs> well, joint pain, something you want to stay away from. Anything like sharp, <laughs> painful, like you don't want any of that. But if it's muscle soreness, it's like, it'll, it'll go away. It's, and then the fitter and stronger you get, the harder it is to, to get that muscle soreness to come back. So. For sure. So I remember an exchange that we had, and it was about uh, the sign out front. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, no. Are we going there? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I don't remember exactly how it started, but you had said something about, I know you mentioned the sign, like, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. And that's kind of like what got you in the door. And then we have a sign outside here that I brought from the old gym just because I didn't want to chuck it out. And I just like hung it up on the fence here. And um, it just says Stark and it says physio and CrossFit and all that kind of stuff. And then there's a quote on there that says, uh, the strong always survive. And then you had sent me an email and I'm trying to remember exactly what the words were. Only, I think you said only the strong survive. Yeah, for me, like, but... You have to remember that the context of that was um, I was trying to come back after cancer. Right. And um, so I had been off, and then I started to come back, and there was this sign there. And it was hard for me because to me, I mean, either way, I mean, we had a discussion about it. I understand where you were coming from with it now, but for me, I was like, it doesn't matter how strong you are you don't necessarily survive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and, uh, but, um, yeah, we had a big discussion about that. It's funny how these slogans actually stick with you. Yeah. So I, I know when we were talking about it and, um, 
yeah, just reading the email and, and just thinking back to it now, I was thinking like I didn't want anyone to to think only the strong survive. Like I know I've I've seen some gyms use that and you know, they they've used it in context as like only the strong survive and they eat the weak sort of thing. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, that's not what I, I meant by it. It's the strong always survive. And I re- remember saying, you know, it doesn't matter if you can or can't do a push up or can or can't do a body weight squat, but as you get stronger, as you build that up, like the, it, it takes strength to come in and keep doing that and to keep challenging yourself. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think rem- I think I understood after that you were talking about perseverance, not necessarily about physical strength, even about muscles and gains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about that. Um, when when you did get diagnosed with breast cancer, what? Well, uh, it was just before, like, it was just before they opened that year which I wanted to try, was 2018. And uh, I went in January for a mammogram. I'd never had one before. And uh, I don't know how much you want to talk about, but um, in any case, I felt fine. I was stronger and healthier than I'd ever been. And I went just to be a responsible person because I'd already put it off for two years. You're supposed to go when you're 50. And... uh, I got called back like two days later to say that I had to have a biopsy, which was really not what I wanted to hear, but apparently a lot of people have biopsies. But then they said that you couldn't do anything uh, for a period of time. And I was like, well, what do you mean you can't do anything? (laughs) What exactly? (laughs) Nothing nothing strenuous, like vacuuming. I was like, well... (laughs) I don't call vacuuming strenuous. Yeah, well, you know, like, okay, uh, I guess then weightlifting is not going to be... Anyway, so I was was really distracted by that, but really taken aback by the fact that I had to go for a biopsy because I felt I didn't have... I didn't have a lump, I didn't have anything. I just went for a routine thing, and it turns out I'm a poster child for early detection. So, ladies, go get your mammograms. Um, But... Uh, then it turned out that I actually needed to have a mastectomy. So um, I was diagnosed May 1st, March 1st. I had surgery May 1st, Very 2018. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, my mom was dying. Uh, so one day we actually ended up in the same cancer clinic seeing two different doctors. That was very weird. Yeah, but focusing on coming back to the gym was actually helpful for me. I didn't want to lose everything I'd gained. So I, I went off. I was off work for a couple months. was off the gym for probably three months or so altogether and then had to come back slowly, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then while I was recovering, my mom was declining. So that was a really hard year. She died in December that year. It's not, a, not an easy thing to go through no matter what age you are. Nope. But. So, yeah, I've been in and out at the gym a few times with different back injuries, but that was the biggest. Yeah. You um, going, I guess, going through all of that at, 
at the age of 52. Um, you know, it was, I remember talking on the phone with you and, and it, we were just saying how great it was to be able to catch it as early as, as you did. And, you know, you could have put that off another two years or three years or five years or whatever. And like, Oh, I'm feeling fine. Like I'm feeling fit. I'm feeling strong. And sometimes you, you know, don't know everything that's going on just because of the, the way you're feeling. And I know some people who have had different types of cancers that are very active, um, have noticed a, a very quick decline of, um, health, like even just being able to go up a set of stairs or they would go out for walks or whatever, and it would hit them so hard. Like, you know, I used to be able to walk this no problem. And now like I'm gasping for air while I'm doing it. So they end up going and getting checked and finding out, you know, that there is something going on inside. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's like you said, go, go and get, you know, checked out when you're, when you're supposed to go for your yearly checkups, whatever, whatever you need to do, because sometimes like, you know, you might be feeling great, but still it's, it's not bad to have your oil checked. And <laughs> well, exactly. And it's free here. Like, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a new appreciation for the things that we have. And now you're like recovered. You have you don't have any issues. Like, how often do you go back to get checked out? Well, I mean, you do have to before you can really say you're cancer free. Then you have to like it's five years, right? But yeah. I, when they like, I was very fortunate in that I didn't have to have a lot of follow up after. I didn't have to have like radiation or chemotherapy. I just had surgery. And yep. because the lymph nodes they took were clear, then I didn't have to do anything else. Yep. So they do, I do still have to go for mammograms. And, you know, I, I remember I had uh, a headache that was different than any other headache that I've ever had. Um, and it just hung on. So I, I just mentioned it in passing when I was at the doctor for something else. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they were having you do all these neurological tests and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And you're just yeah. kind of like, okay, I think of myself as, you know, free and clear. But, um, you know, there's a different kind of radar that's out there. And you have to just be aware that you better appreciate this day because you don't know that you're necessarily going to have an indefinite supply. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's completely true. And things can change very quickly for, you know, millions of different reasons, right? Infinite reasons, like whether it is driving or whatever, your next checkup at the doctor or whatever, waking up in the hospital. Like you have no clue what's going to happen and when. Not to make this really, you know, a, a downer, but it's, um, yeah, it is true. And, and definitely going and keeping up with your health, getting checked, taking care of yourself, which is, you know, what everyone's doing when they are, you know, coming to the gym and staying healthy, like I'm sure being stronger and fitter helped you get through that period as well um, and recover quicker. Like I remember. Oh yeah. People were surprised at how quickly I kind of bounced back, but uh, I have no doubt that being fit gave me an advantage. When I remember doing some sessions with you when you were starting to make your comeback and you were so, um, 
Frustrated? <laughs> Frustrated, but like you you wanted to get back to things like so quickly and it was like, okay, like let's try this and this is where you're going to hang out for now until, you know, we'll, we'll try this for a few weeks. Like it's not causing you any pain or discomfort. We'll try this and then we'll reevaluate a few weeks from now. And I just remember how impatient you were with with all the progressions and stuff. And it's like, okay, when can I do this? Like when, and I knew it was going to be a while before you could like actually hang from a bar too because of incisions and stuff like that and healing and scar tissue. But, um, yeah. Yeah. There were some weird things that were, that I had to really accommodate for a while, but yeah, I can do pretty, I don't know. I think I can do most things now. This last year was hard because I had that sort of draggy back issue that lasted kind of way longer than it should, but you ended up modifying and tweaking and adjusting and you know, you've been doing you've been doing pretty well I with it, really which good. is good. So yeah. and sometimes it is like we we got you slowing things down and just doing stuff at maybe a little more boring of a pace. Like you were coming in during six AM classes and doing sort of your own bit of programming off to the side that was more strict work and more core work and stuff like that. And and honestly it wasn't a lot of fun stuff, but that's you know, essentially what got you feeling better. Oh, absolutely. Getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess going through your mastectomy, recovering, coming, you know, ma- making a comeback, like you were doing pull-ups off of your, off of your deck today in our Zoom class at lunchtime before coming down. Um, you know, what, I guess, what would you say to people who are, you know, in and around maybe that 40, 50 range that haven't been doing anything, that haven't been active or have never been, like what what would you say to help get someone motivated to, to get moving and start doing something? It's worth it. Like it's so worth it. It's so empowering to not feel like you're dwindling. <laughs> like, I don't know that, oh, I kind of felt like I was dwindling and I was just turning 50. And I think there's been so many benefits um, you know, not, not just being able to carry, you know, my softener salt myself. Yeah, doing workouts with <laughs> doing it, workouts not just carrying with, it. Yeah, not, but to be able to hike and not get tired and to do things with my kids. And, um, but just the confidence that it gives you. It's funny how much that spills over into other parts of your life, the confidence you get from feeling able And I think part of what it teaches you is that you can do hard things and that you can persevere. I think university helped with that too. Um, But that you can make progress. And it doesn't matter how old you are. uh, You can uh, make choices that impact the rest of your life. It's not too late for anything. I don't know. Is that too winding about? <laughs> kind of meandering all no, over the place here. No, I don't think so. I think it's any any time is a great time to start making a change, and um, it's it's not easy. Like you had, you were ready to quit within that first month, month and a half sort of thing, and it's been four years now, and you've only been you know getting better and stronger, and yeah, every once in a while you've you know you, you get some hang-ups there's there's stuff that happens in in life that you know you maybe have to take a step back which is completely fine but um yeah you're still only getting better which is awesome to see and I think something that another reason that I was really self-conscious when I started 
was I really thought it must be really a young person's thing. And I felt really conspicuously old, <laughs> um, which I, I, the only reason I guess is because I hadn't been to many classes. I didn't realize what a cross-section of people you have. Yeah. And there are people of all ages, which I didn't really expect. And nope. certainly not everybody, or the majority, aren't necessarily in their 20s. No. So it was really nice. Um, it took, took a while to kind of get it through my head that, you know what, fitness isn't just for young people. No. I don't know, that sounds really obvious. But it's true. No, it's, but it is tougher for people who, if you are starting later on, um, it is harder to get started because you're at a deficit. Like, I've got friends from kindergarten that are starting up that are wanting to get fitter and healthier and stronger. And they're like, hey, like, whatever you're doing seems to be working. So, like, I need to be able to keep up with my kids so that they don't run away from me. And, and it's really cool to see the people that are committed that want to see change, like they'll go and they'll put the time and the effort and the work in. And it's, it's amazing to see how much better they're getting um, just by being consistent. And there's also people who are just kind of like, they start and they're like, Oh, this is really hard. And then they end up stopping. And then it's like, Oh, I got to do something. So they start again and then they end up stopping because it's really hard. It's like, well, it is really hard. And I think, what you don't realize is that if you just stick with it and end up at a routine, like I remember being surprised to find that I was actually looking forward to it, that yeah. I, I remember being surprised that this was the good part of my day. You know, like I wasn't just like, oh, no, you're going to hurt, oh, yeah, whatever. I actually was looking forward to going and looking forward to working hard and feeling like I was accomplishing things. And that was a huge transition. Like, all of a sudden, this is the, like you say, it's like the best part of your day. And it's the part of your day that really fuels the rest of your life. So, I don't know. I don't remember when exactly that was, but I no. do remember being surprised. Yeah. And was that around the same time that you stopped worrying about sweating and uh, that was about the breathing same time. heavily in front of people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm over that. Yeah. Which, yeah. You pretty much mean. have to be. Yeah. You can't get very far if you're afraid of those things. Yeah. I remember having, I had a training client who had asked, she said, I want to get so fit that I'm not going to be out of breath and tired of doing a workout. And I'm like, <laughs> well. I can't do that for you. So just slow down then. <laughs> like, don't, just don't go hard and you'll be fine. You won't be breathing heavily and you won't be working hard. But I'm like, there's you can always go harder. You can always go faster. And, um, yeah, it doesn't matter how fit you get. You, you are still going to be able to, to challenge yourself to the point where you can be laying on the ground after a workout, which it's not mandatory. You don't need to be, but, yeah. So, uh, this might be throwing you on the spot, but I guess what are maybe three of the biggest takeaways that you've learned about yourself, by, you know, sticking with this, sticking with, you know, staying active, um, yeah, training consistently and, and just getting stronger and more confident. Three takeaways. And that could be something how it affects, you know, your life outside of the gym, um, whatever, lessons learned. Well, I think one is... I've realized how important routines are. 
and um, consistency. Um, and another thing is that I've realized that I don't have to be in a hurry. And that took a long time. Where To get to a yeah. goal, to get fit, to... Yeah, okay. for those things. That just consistently plugging away at it brings results. And that you don't have to stress so much about those things as you maybe, I don't know, like who, are, who am I trying to impress? I'm 50 years yeah. old. Like it's my workout. I think yeah. that was a big revelation too is that, you know, you can cheat on the numbers or whatever, but it's your workout. Like you're the one who... Like, I don't want to cheat on the workout. I want to be able to say I did the workout. Yeah. You're only <laughs> cheating yourself. Exactly. So, I don't know. Nobody, I think, yeah, like, once you realize, you know what, everybody's focused on their own workout. Like, yeah, you're talking back and forth, but nobody's watching you. Yeah. Like, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, the takeaways, I think, those, those would be up there for sure, that realizing that consistency and patience are important and that... Hard doesn't necessarily mean bad. That hard is actually a good thing, that you can do hard things. Challenging. Yeah, challenging. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not like, yeah, that's, I think you know what I mean. Yeah. And what would I say? And just the, that, um, I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> How do you put them into words? I don't know. Just the value of good coaching I think um, that you have to be teachable and that you have to actually follow instructions. If you like, <laughs> go yeah, figure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it took me a while, yeah. <laughs> but I need the. I knew I needed the um, input and I needed the feedback, um, but it makes me feel safe. Yeah, and it gives me courage to try things and to trust that maybe you know. You know, like that I'll try things that I don't think I can do because you have a pretty good idea of whether I can. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Does that make any sense? No, no, it's good. It's, you know, when you when you have a good, I guess, connection with coaches and stuff like that. And yeah, sometimes people aren't maybe confident in doing something like kicking up to the wall for a handstand push up and stuff. And I know that's not something that we're going to get everyone to do, but you know, oh, I remember for... I couldn't do those yeah. either. Yeah. I couldn't even do the wall walks. Yeah. I didn't walk up. And I remember I, I, I remember one particular class where there was, you were supposed to kick up and do handstand hold. Yeah. And I was determined I was going to do it. And I'd walk up and I'd and I'd chicken out every time. And I was like, Lori was so patient. Oh, I don't know. And I think by the end, I actually did kick up once. Maybe they helped me. But, yeah. Only takes once. Got to just practice. Oh, but I was yeah. fascinated by this handstand business and yeah. handstand push-ups and stuff. Wanted to. Yeah. So, I don't know. You make progress over time. Yeah. It's not a rush. Cool. So, anything else that uh, you want to throw out to listeners before we... Before we wrap up here? I don't know. I think I really want to try participating in some more events. And I've been thwarted yeah. <laughs> way too many times. But doing the open, like I did the open once and that was really fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, like that's how you get to know people is doing, like you get to know them a little bit, just working out beside them. Yeah. But 
when you actually try some other things, I don't know. Compete you with them. To, yeah, yep. and get to know different things about them. And actually, I don't know. I really, that's one thing I want to try. Yeah. Competitions are fun. They have, uh, and even uh, there's master's levels and stuff like that too. I know probably not this year. There's there's not going to be a lot of options, but uh, with the COVID-19, but uh, yeah, it's, well, it's next some, year I kick up into a different age category. So. Yeah, so you'll be the young kid, the new kid on the block. Not a bad thing. Yeah. So we'll see. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, it was awesome having you in here, um, letting us know a little bit about more who, more of who you are. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come down, Evelyn. And um, anything else you want to throw out to everyone? I don't know. know. (laughs) It's been really fun. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you very much for coming in. And um, hopefully you guys are able to take a little bit something away from this podcast to make you a little bit better than yesterday. Thanks a lot, Evelyn. Bye-bye. Thank you for making the time to listen to the Better Than Yesterday podcast hosted by Stark Strength and Conditioning. If you liked our show, please head over to the iTunes store and give us a rating. If you have any questions or suggestions about topics you'd like to hear us cover or people you think should be on this show, please let us know so we can make it happen. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that this podcast makes you better than yesterday.